people who are suffering. So today, uh, we begin this 90 days through the Bible uh, journey. And today, I, I've got as many notes as you guys have today, which is not normal for me. Usually, I have 13, 14 pages of, of a manuscript, um, and, and I like to do that because I can make both services about the same. Uh, today, I don't have any idea what they're going to get next, but we'll sort that out when we get there. Um, but, but we've also been going through this uh, Game of Thrones series, and we've talked about the last couple of weeks, we talked about guilt and how oftentimes guilt will hold us back from being who God wants us to be. And, and we looked at that in our life, and, and so many people struggle with this guilt from something they did years ago in the past, and it's holding us back. And last week, we looked at this concept of shame. And, and shame is a bit different than guilt. Guilt says that, that I did something bad. Shame says I am bad. And when we carry this around in us, that, that we are not the people that we're supposed to be. And, and, this, and Satan uses that, the accuser uses that to, to hold us back so that the Savior can't take his place. And we can't feel, but if we're going to be the people that God wants us to be, we have to understand that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We have to be willing to put that aside and trust the truth of what the Word of God says in our lives, that we are called, that we are chosen, that we are valuable, that we are part of the body, as Ken said, in order to really bless this world, in order to change this world. And so as we've been looking through this 90 days, Todd and I started over a month ago uh, through the journey, and I'm going to tell you it's a lot of reading. And for some of you, that is, is, is intimidating. Like, and I understand that. You're like, there's no way I'm going to read. The, I've been trying my whole life to read the whole Bible. I've been trying for 43 years to read the Bible, and there's no way I'm going to do it in 90 days. But listen, you can do it. One of the things that, that you're going to have to do, though, is you're going to have to prioritize spending time in the Word of God over some other things. For some of you, you're going to have to turn, in, turn off CNN for 45 minutes a day. For some of you, you're going to have to turn off Fox News for 30 to 45 minutes a day. Some of you, heaven forbid, you might have to miss an episode on Netflix that'll be there in 90 days still. <laughs> it stays there forever. You may, you may have to skip that. You're going to have to prioritize uh, getting into the Word of God over some other things that you've been doing in your life, which maybe aren't even necessarily bad things. They may be good things, but we're called to, uh, really as Christians, we're called to a life of sacrifice. So we're called to, to sacrifice some things that, that maybe are good for something that's better in our life. And so today I want to look really at what does it look like when the Word of God is on the throne of our life? What, what does it look like? Because most of us know what it looks like when guilt is on the throne of our life. We've dealt with that. Most of us know what it's like to, when, when shame is, is on the throne of our lives. Like we get that. We experience that. We live that every day. But today, what does it look like when the Word of God is on the throne of our lives? And so today, it's just kind of intro to 90 days through the Bible. Like we've got bookmarks back there. You can pick those up. You can start that today or start that in the morning. 
Um, either way, we'll have some updates on the uh, Facebook page and, and different things. We've got an email address if you have any, any questions. Um, you can write this down. I don't know if it's printed or not. kcc90days at gmail.com. If as you're reading, uh, you have some questions, we want to just fire those off in an email and somebody um, probably smarter than me will answer those. It won't, won't be a problem at all. Um, but we would, we would love to do that and, and to get your feedback um, from that. We'll check that um, every day and, and, and answer those. But today I'm going to try to summarize kind of all of it in 22 minutes, 21 minutes. Hey, and, and I make it done in six, I don't know. <laughs> but really where I want to jump to is a, a verse in 2 Timothy chapter 3. See, the, the, Paul is writing the, this verse, this scripture, uh, to, his, to his friend Timothy, who he would call his son in the faith. And if you know anything about Paul, um, Paul, uh, at one point in his life, he hated Christians. He hated this whole movement of Christianity and really tried to extinguish the whole thing. He was trying to get rid of it. So he was taking, and the Bible says that he was dragging women off and putting them in prison, and he was killing people. Um, so he was this, this horrible, horrible person who probably at this point in his life had a little bit of guilt and shame in his life for, the, for his past, but understood who he was in Christ. And now he's passing that on to Timothy, to a guy that he had kind of raised up and traveled with him and poured his life into. And he writes this in 2 Timothy 3.16. He says, all scripture, and, and we'll stop there. All scripture, what do, what do you think that means? It means all of it. And, and at that point, um, when Paul's writing this, he would have mostly been referring to all of the Old Testament, the 39 books that, that we have in, in the Old Testament of the Bible. But also, he, I believe that he knew that what he was writing was also inspired or breathed by God, from things that he would say uh, later on, from, from words that Peter would use saying that these things that we're telling you are under the inspiration of God. So I believe that they knew at that point that they were under the inspiration um, of the Holy Spirit. And he says, all scripture is God breathed. All, all of it. Even the parts that I don't like. Now, there's some parts of it I don't like. I'm just going to be honest with you. There's a part in there that says you need to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. I don't like that part. That part's not very natural for me. I want to punch him in the face. Like I do. If, like if you hurt me, like my natural insti instinct is to want to hurt you back. I don't like that part. There's a part um, in, in the book of Philippians where Paul says, hey, do everything without complaining or arguing. I really don't like that one because I like to argue. It's just for fun sometimes. But he says do everything without complaining or arguing. I don't want to do that. There's all kinds of things in there that I, that I don't necessarily like. And then if I could, I would just like to rip them out of the pages of, of the Bible and say, you know what, I'm just going to live the way that I want to live. And God, you can be over there. But Paul says, you know what, all of it is God-breathed. All of it, from Genesis to Revelation, every word in there is from the lips of God. All of it. 
So when I come up to a part of the scripture as we're reading through 90 days through the entire Bible, parts that I come through that I don't like, I just can't get rid of. I have to figure out, Josh, how are you going to live without complaining or arguing? Josh, how are you going to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you? Josh, how are you when someone asks you for their, for your coat or going to give them your shirt as well? Josh, how are you going to stand in the gap for people who, who maybe are without faith? Josh, how are you going to stand up sometimes when, when the people that are closest to you want to criticize the way you're leading the church? Josh, how are you going to, to move forward? When I come to the parts of the scripture that I don't like, I don't have to figure out how I'm going to change them. I have to figure out how I'm going to change. It says all scripture, so all of it is, is God-breathed. And I, I love that section as well. Because when you start thinking about it, and other translations say that it's inspired by God, uh, same thing. The, the word um, that's used there in, in the Greek, though, is actually talking about the breath of God, that, that it came out of the mouth of God. And I began thinking about what did that look like? Well, even in the very beginning, with Adam, God breathed life into Adam. As I was thinking about coming through the book of, of Ezekiel, and you've got this valley of the dry bones that are there, God breathed into them, and life came out. You've got the story of Elijah and Elisha, both of them uh, bringing back young boys from, from the dead, and, and when they breathed into their mouths. See, the breath of God brings life. And I think that's what Paul was telling to Timothy, was that all Scripture, listen, is God-breathed, that it's life-giving. And there's so many people that are running around, and they're not really living life. They're existing day to day. They're, they're making money, and they're doing all these things. But if you ask them, are you living life, they're going to say, no, my life is, is miserable. And Paul's saying, all Scripture is God-breathed, it's life-giving. If you follow all of this, it's life-giving. It's not life-taking. I love even John, as he was talking about Jesus in, in John chapter 1. He said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word of God, or the, the breath of God, came and dwelt among us, made His living with us, with men so that we could have life. And he says it's useful for teaching. Now, we've got a lot of teachers that, that go here. Um, and, and, and I admire you all. Like, you guys, um, like, I couldn't do it. Most of, most of our, our parents that are here, honestly, like, you can't do it either. That's why last week we were all so happy the kids were going back to school. <laughs> like, the teachers, you take them for a while. You deal with them, because I'm done with them. I was watching on, on Facebook, I think it was even just this morning um, that I saw it, um, and there's a mom on there talking about back-to-school shopping, and she's going, she said, I love back-to-school shopping. She said, all these other parents are complaining, you want me to buy a Kleenex? I'll buy you 12 boxes of Kleenex, because you're taking my kid. <laughs> like, I ain't gonna, you, you want a new car? I'll get you a new car. 
Like, you're taking my kid. Because there's great responsibility in teaching. And Paul says that the Word of God is useful for teaching. You know, we need, we need teaching when we're, when we're ignorant of something. And that's not a, in, a, in a bad word. It's just when we don't know. We need someone to step in and teach us. When I don't know how to do everything without complaining or arguing, the Word of God will teach me. When I don't know uh, how to love my enemy or pray for those who persecute me, the Word of God will teach me. It's useful for teaching. He says it's also useful for rebuking. Um, and I, I'm not a huge uh, fan of that word. Because um, in the Greek, the, the word rebuking and correcting are, uh, are right next to each other right there. And this is more of a word that's, that's used for reproof or, or proving um, that, that God is real in our life. That the Word of God is going to show you the, the realness of God. And I think they got that word rebuke from was when we begin to doubt. When we begin to, um, to, to think that our way is better, that it's going to show us that God's way is right. And I think that's where the word rebuke comes from. And in the English language, rebuke and correct are very similar. And that's the next word that he used is that it's going to correct. Because sometimes we need to be corrected. You know, sometimes like if you have kids, you know that sometimes your kids need to be corrected. That you need to, to, to pull them aside sometime and say, hey, listen, buddy, that's not the way we're doing things. That's not how life is going to be from, from here on out. That you, you, we need to be corrected. And sometimes the word of God will do that. Sometimes I'll be reading the scripture and God will be like, wham, smack me in the head. Being like, I have not been doing that very well. I haven't been living the way that, that I should. And the word of God is correcting me in that. Why? Because he's already taught me in the beginning He's taught me that, that this is the way that you need to live. He's proved that to me or, or, or rebuked or, or reproofed that to me. And now I, I'm not doing that, so it's going to correct me. It's going to put me back on the right track. And, and the Word of God is, is good for that. And some training in righteousness, physical kind of activity. Uh, this word would have been used as like a military training type of thing in, in Paul's day. That it's going to train us to be righteous. It's going to exercise us to, to be righteous and live the way God wants us to live. And here's why. And this is the part that I really love. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Notice what that doesn't say. It doesn't say that we may be thoroughly equipped for every good argument doesn't say that we may be thoroughly equipped so that we can put down all of these other people that don't believe or act or think the same way that we do. It doesn't say that we can be thoroughly equipped to, to use the sword uh, against people that, that we don't necessarily like or that we think they're living a lifestyle that, that, that we don't agree with. It's not what it says. So people say, well, the, the word of God is a sword. Paul talked about that in Ephesians. He did. But he also said right before that that our enemy is not flesh and blood, that our enemy is not each other. It's not people of this world, that we, if we're going to use the word of God as a sword, it's going to be used against Satan, not against other people. Because he did not give us the word to win arguments or to, or to show how superior we were. 
He gave us the word to, to teach us, to train us, to equip us for every good work that's out there. And if the church is Christians, if 90 days through the Bible, if we just start moving and doing good works, the world's going to say, I want to know that. I want to be part of that. Jesus said, let your good works shine before men so that they may see and give glory to God above. You were created for good works. The word of God will train you to do good works. Paul wrote in Ephesians that we are God's workmanship or masterpiece, that we were created in Christ Jesus to do good works that were made in advance for us to do. The word of God over the next 90 days is going to train you to do those good works. You've got to under, open your eyes and see what works are ahead because they're already prepared. So what, when the word is on the throne, what does that life look like? And I think that it looks kind of like our, our core values. And I think you're going to see this over the next 90 days, that found people find people. Like when the word of God is on the throne of our life, the natural result of that is we're going to find people. And you see that all throughout the scriptures, that God found Noah, God found Abraham, God found um, Jacob, uh, God found Elijah, God found Elisha. Um, and, but in turn, those people were also out finding other people and, and leading them to a place where God could use them. And when the word of God's on, our, and on, our, on the throne of our lives, the natural response is that we're going to find other people, that we want to share that with other people. And it also looks like saved people serve people. If we're created to do good works, if the word of God is training us to, to be thoroughly equipped for all of these good works, it's going to pour out of our lives in service to other people. We're going to see that I can't do life alone. That God, from the very beginning, with Adam even in, in, in there, did not create us to do life alone. That he created us to be in relationships with one another, people who are, are holding us accountable, people who are spurring us on toward loving good deeds. And in Hebrews it says that we're moving closer together to, to who God wants us to be. And we're going to see that growing people change. This is one of my favorite uh, stories in the Old Testament is the story of Abram to, to Abraham. And we see a lot of change in that story. We see God taking, first of all, Abram and, and changing his name to Abraham. But we see some change in Abram himself. It's, it's an odd story to, to start. It starts in around Genesis chapter 11. But God just calls Abraham. He finds him and says, hey, I want you to go to this place that I haven't even designed yet. I'm not even going to tell you about it. I just want you to go there. And with great faith, Abraham packs up everything and starts traveling. Like, man, I wish I had faith like that. But then he comes up to a king, and he looks at his wife, said, this man of faith, his wife said, now you lie to the king. You tell him you're my sister and not my wife, and then you go be with him. What kind of jacked up man does that? <laughs> In great faith, like messed up. But they, they make it through that. And, and Abraham has this change and there's faith that's built into his life. And, and they're going along. God says, hey, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you a son and, and the whole world's going to come out from you. 
And Abraham's like, that's awesome. Man of faith. And he gets tired of waiting on God. He takes his other woman and sleeps with her and has a baby. Jacked up. Messed up. But through it all, we see this change of God saying, your faith will take you this far. And then I'm going to put you in a scenario. I'm going to put you in a situation that's going to have to stretch your faith. And you may fail. You may fall short. But I'm not done with you. And your faith will take you this far. I'll lead you here. And then again, you're going to be put in a situation where your faith is going to be tested. Where you're going to have to trust me. Where where it's going to be a challenge. And you may fail. But I'm not done with you. I'm going to take you where your faith is and eventually move you to where I want you to be in your faith. And through 90 days through the Bible, I think that's what God's going to do with many of us. He's going to say, hey, your, your faith right here, like, I love it. Like, I want to be in that relationship with you, but you're going to have to change. Your faith will take you here, and I'm going to put you in a situation where you're going to be stretched, where you're going to be challenged, where you're going to be taught or rebuked or corrected or trained so that over here you can do more good works. And then we're going to do it again. And so over here, you can do more good works. Because that's what the Word of God does in our lives. And our goal as a church is that information plus application. That's why I'm going to preach every week. That's why we're going to do things on the... uh, Todd's going to be teaching classes. Gayla's going to be teaching a class. Uh, We'll have things on Facebook, on the website. Because we want not only information, but we want to teach you how to apply it because then that leads to transformation in your life. That leads to change. But it's going to take a commitment. You know, I was thinking about this the other day, a couple of months ago. Um, like, Jennifer and I were not getting along. Like, I mean, we weren't fighting. We weren't, like, we just weren't seeing each other. And, and when we were, it was like, yeah, I don't even really know you. I was traveling, had been gone to, to a couple of different things, Costa Rica, uh, CIY. Uh, we had our brother from Florida was living with us in the house, so that kind of threw everything off. Um, we had a, a, our foreign exchange student from Korea uh, stayed with us for, for a week. You know, things were just kind of crazy. And I got thinking, like, I don't, I don't even know you. And I think some of that's how some of us are in our relationship with God. And I think that's what 90 days through the Bible is going to do. And if you miss a day, listen, miss a day. Pick up the next time. Don't try to go back and get caught up because then you'll be lost forever. It's a lot of reading. But what you're going to find, the more time you spend, the more you're going to know God. You know, for Jennifer and I to get things back on the right place, you know what we needed? We just needed some time together. We needed to talk. For some of you, that's what you need with God. You just need some time together. And we hope there's 90 days through the Bible that that's what it's gonna do for you. It's gonna give you time with God so that found people can find people, saved people can serve people, so you realize that I can't do life alone and that, that really the growing people change, that you need transformation in your life no matter where you're at. If you're just starting this journey with God, you need transformation. If you've been in this journey for 50 years, you need transformation. So my challenge to you is just do your best. Get in the Word and read it. If you have questions, let us know. We'd love to help you answer them.
So I'm going to ask you to stand. And, and I don't know what the, the response is today. I don't know what, what, what the decision is today. For some of you, maybe today it's like you were like, all scripture is God breathed. And you need to say, hey, there's some parts of it that I haven't been living. There's some parts of it that I haven't been doing that I've wanted to cut out. And today's the day that I'm going to begin following those. So it maybe was teaching or, or rebuking or correcting or training in righteousness. I don't know. But if there's a decision that God's placed on your heart today, I'm going to invite you to come forward after I pray. Father God, we're thankful for today. God, we're thankful for your word, for your story, and that you include us in that. And that God, you take us where our faith is today, and you'll lead us to a point where we're stretched, where we're challenged, where we're where, where we're really put to the test. And Lord, sometimes we know we fail. But God, we know that you're not done with us. So Lord, I pray today for whatever decision needs to be made, however you're laying that on someone's heart, maybe it's just to go out and do good works that, that they know that you've prepared for them to do. Pray that they would do it. Father, but most of all, I pray that our, our decision would be that we're going to follow Jesus through the pages of Scripture for the next 90 days. It's in his name that I pray.